Kayla from Scranton, Pennsylvania, a PGY-1 resident at Novon Health Presbyterian Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. You are listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. Well, greetings and welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. My name is Stuart Haynes, and my co-host today is Bria Lewis, a PGY1 community pharmacy resident at the University of Mississippi. Hello and welcome. In this episode, we will continue our conversation about the public health role of pharmacists. In today's discussion, we'll be discussing pharmacists and population health careers. And our guest today is Amanda Shardle. Uh, Dr. Shardle is a population health pharmacist at Christiana Cares Care VO in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Christiana Care is one of the largest health care providers in the Mid-Atlantic, and Care VO is the care management program of Christiana Care. In addition to using sophisticated data analytics, Care VO employs a team of nurses, social workers, pharmacists, respiratory therapists, and physicians who connect with patients by phone, video, and in-person visits. And CareVio takes a holistic approach by addressing some of the social determinants that negatively impact health, including housing, food security, and health literacy. More and more health organizations are paying attention to the big picture and thinking about the health of an entire population. Of course, Providing care to individuals is still critically important, but sometimes we need to step back and look at the whole picture. So I'm really looking forward to today's discussion about the role of data analytics and artificial intelligence and to talk about the opportunities for pharmacists to address health from a population perspective. Dr. Shardle graduated from Philadelphia College of Pharmacy and went on to complete a PGY-1 residency at the VA Connecticut Healthcare System and a PGY-2 ambulatory care residency at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy. In addition to her current role as a population health clinical pharmacist, Dr. Shardle serves as a preceptor for Christiana Care's residency program. Amanda, welcome to Pharmacy Forward. Hi, Stuart and Bria. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm looking forward to our discussion. So Amanda, you and I have had the opportunity to work together for several years. And as an ambulatory care guy, I understand that the work that pharmacists do working with individual patients to improve medication use. But I'm not as familiar with the work of a, quote, population health pharmacist. So I'm curious what your role and responsibilities are as a population health pharmacist, as a member of the CareVO team. Well, Stuart, I think the easiest way to think about my role in population health is that I provide ambulatory care services to a larger population of patients than a typical AmCare pharmacist can. So at CareVio, we provide services to patients throughout the whole state of Delaware, as well as parts of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We actually have over 100,000 covered lives in our accountable care organization. And these patients are have a diverse mix of backgrounds, including Medicare patients, Medicaid, or we also have employer-based commercial insurance plans. So this means I work with patients from pediatrics through geriatrics. 
The services we provide will also vary based on those individual population needs. But overall, really what we're focused on is providing chronic disease state management in order to help patients achieve quality metrics. So as pharmacists, you know, in addition to the chronic disease state management, we'll provide medication reconciliation, polypharmacy reviews, we address adherence barriers, and we answer drug information questions from both providers and patients. So really, a typical day for me could include doing a polypharmacy review on a 93-year-old who's been having falls, evaluating a 56-year-old COPD patient who's had multiple hospitalizations due to exacerbations in the last six months, and answering questions about appropriate dosing of seizure meds in an infant. So really, as you get a sense from that, I don't really have a typical day. It's kind of a mixed bag every day of what we get because we have such a diverse population. I think one thing that sets my job in population health apart from traditional in-clinic AM care is that most of the time we're more proactively identifying our patients through data analytics, as you alluded to, and we're really not relying solely on referrals. With the data analytics that we have access to, we can easily identify patients who are in need of chronic disease state management based on things like lab data, healthcare utilization, healthcare costs, or prescriptions claims data. So for instance, our patients with heart failure, we get notifications when patients haven't had prescriptions for ACEs or ARBs filled within the last six months. So this gives us a chance to evaluate whether or not these patients have a gap in their care. We also get notifications when patients are admitted to the hospital and when they're discharged, so we're able to coordinate a smooth transition of care and do medication reconciliation as needed. Having these data tools so integrated into our daily workflow and even integrated into our EMR allow us to figure out which patients we should be focusing on. Sometimes that's patients who are already high risk. Other times it might be that we need to target rising risk patients to prevent them from progressing. So Amanda, I was doing research prior to this interview. Christiana Care is quite a large healthcare system. The Care VO division focuses on care management, and I was intrigued by the holistic approach Care VO is taking. Can you tell us a bit more about the kinds of things Care VO is doing, the kinds of issues that you are paying attention to, and the services that you offer that you think are making a real difference in patients' health? Sure. So I think one of the major things that supports our holistic approach is that we have an interdisciplinary team that consists of nurse case managers, social workers, respiratory therapists, and health coaches in addition to pharmacists. So you don't really find this group of people working together often, you know, in providing services in an ambulatory care setting. And because we have an, such a wide variety of backgrounds, this allows us to work together and use our individual strengths to address the multifaceted issues faced by our patients. It's not uncommon for us to have group appointments where it's a pharmacist, a respiratory therapist, and a social worker working with one of our COPD patients, since they tend to be very medically and socially complex. And I think having access to so many disciplines is unique for these patients and a real benefit, especially since this may be the first time many of our patients are working with healthcare providers from these various disciplines, especially ambulatory care pharmacists. This is possible because patients aren't restricted to just the services that are offered in the location where they receive their primary care or their specialty care. Because CareVO offers the services to all patients in the ACO, the individual health systems or the individual practices that are covered don't necessarily have to employ their own population health pharmacist or their own social worker or other disciplines that are on our team. 
at CareVO, one of our primary areas of focus right now is that we're addressing certain chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart failure, COPD, asthma, and behavioral health. We also focus on smooth transitions of care, providing prenatal care for our maternity population, healthy lifestyle promotion, and most recently, COVID monitoring. An area that the pharmacists specifically, though, have been focusing on in about the last year or so is that we're working on identifying polypharmacy patients who may have had deprescribing opportunities. So what we found is that while it'd be easy to think that patients with higher healthcare utilization would have the most opportunity for interventions, we actually found that most people focus on this population because they are high risk. And so there was less opportunity for deprescribing with them than there might be in a rising risk population who, you know, most healthcare providers aren't necessarily focused on. So this is one of the ways that, you know, we're able to use our data analytics to identify these patterns. One of the other major services that CareVio offers that I think is unique is that we use technology to try to proactively prevent negative health outcomes. So for instance, we use secure text messaging to do daily monitoring with our high-risk heart failure patients and our high-risk COPD patients. So these patient populations get a text message with a few questions about their symptoms on a daily basis. And if they flag in a yellow or red zone based on how they answer those questions, our team knows that this is a sign that they might be headed towards an exacerbation and they will likely get a call that day to triage what's going on so that we can try and intervene and prevent them from getting worse or even needing to go to the emergency department or go to the hospital. This also helps for those patients who are stable and in the green zone because they don't necessarily need to take time out of their day to talk to a member of our team beyond answering those few quick questions via text, which, you know, is a minimal impact on their day. We're also involved in monitoring certain high-risk heart failure patients using what's called RedsVest technology. So this is essentially a non-invasive means of monitoring fluid status around the lungs in a heart failure patient. And again, this is a way that we can timely identify patients that might require interventions in order to prevent exacerbations. So Amanda, I'm glad you brought up COVID-19 because I'm sure your work responsibilities have changed in some ways over the last eight months. Can you share with us some of the things that you've personally done to address this public health threat? And more broadly, are there specific tools you and your organization are using to monitor emerging health threats such as the pandemic? Yeah, so actually most of my day-to-day functioning hasn't really changed as part of COVID, interestingly, because our work at CareVio has always been virtual. So if anything, as patients have gotten more used to the virtual care, it's been easier for us to engage them with the newer technologies like video appointments, especially for our more geriatric population who's not as tech savvy. And in the beginning, um, when more people were homebound, when restrictions were a little bit tighter on going out and about, we did have a higher rate of patients who did actually answer phone calls. So if anything, it's made things a little bit easier for my day-to-day functioning. One of the things that has changed personally for me is that we're now teaching our group diabetes education classes via Zoom meetings. So that's been a fun way of, you know, trying to outreach more patients without them having to, you know, physically go somewhere to attend a class. While the pharmacist role hasn't been affected too much, CareVio as a whole, though, has had a major shift in our workflow to include the monitoring of COVID-19 patients. So we're using that secure text messaging system to actively monitor patients who either have potential exposures or those who've tested positive and are being managed in an ambulatory setting versus being admitted to the hospital. So really a lot of what my colleagues are doing on a day-to-day basis is now involved with kind of monitoring this huge pool of patients who have been affected by COVID-19. 
Christiana as a whole does also have a dashboard that was developed to track the statistics related to patients who were tested for or treated at Christiana. So really, you know, I think the system as a whole and Carevia specifically have been really using our technology to try and adapt to this current pandemic. Amanda, the work that you're doing at Carevio is really intriguing. Personally, I've always wanted to focus more on prevention and addressing the underlying problems that often lead to poorer health outcomes. Since this is the kind of job that I'd love to have, do you anticipate there will be a continued growth at organizations like Carevio and Christiana Care? Do you envision more organizations will be hiring population health pharmacists over the next five to 10 years? Yeah, so as long as the model of reimbursement for healthcare services continues to focus on quality of care provided, then yes, I think population health is only going to continue to expand in the next couple of years. Amcare providers really get bogged down in the day-to-day care of their patients, and they don't usually have time to think about the big picture of what's going on with their whole panel of patients. And a lot of this is because they get 15, 20 minutes to see a patient, write their notes, provide all of the care that's necessary. And so they're moving at a very fast pace and can't slow down to kind of look at the big picture. As a result, patients can slip through the cracks, especially those who aren't taking a proactive role in their healthcare or those who might not yet be high risk, but are that rising risk concern. Because much of population health is proactively identifying these at-risk patients, there's definitely an ongoing need for healthcare providers who are focused solely on identifying and helping these patients achieve their healthcare outcome goals. Population health isn't exclusive uh, to patients who are part of an ACO either, since all healthcare systems have specific contracts with their payers. And these contracts have quality metrics built in that need to be met. And so many of these metrics might actually be medication related in some way. So there's a big role for population health pharmacists. I think what you're going to see is that many ambulatory care pharmacist positions are going to shift into a more hybrid role that looks like mine, where it incorporates some traditional clinic-based work, as well as the data-driven population health initiatives. And that's something at Christiana we already have. So we have you know, population health pharmacists at CareVio who are dedicated to this role, but our ambulatory care pharmacists also have a responsibility to see patients in clinic, but also work with our value-based contracts and help meet quality metrics that we have with our different payers. I also think increasing access and comfort with the new technologies could shift our model of care in the next few years. And I think this really has been advanced by the results of the adaptations we've had to make because of COVID-19. So even prior to the pandemic, CareVio had developed a virtual primary care practice for one of our employee-based populations. So this allowed access to care for working individuals without having to take off significant amounts of time from work. This also allows increased access to specialists and other allied healthcare professionals, especially for patients who live in more rural areas who might not have ready access to these services. And I think that's only going to increase the quality of care and the achievement of health outcomes for these individuals. And so I do think this is kind of the wave of the future, you know, as we continue to progress with quality-based care. Wow, Amanda, it seems like you have a great deal of responsibility with your job as a population health pharmacist. In pharmacy school, at least my school, population health was only briefly discussed. Obviously, pharmacists have an important public health role. But it's not something that's intensively taught at most pharmacy schools. In addition to earning a doctorate of pharmacy degree, I also completed a master's of public health degree. 
And throughout my public health curriculum, I took several courses focusing on population health, including epidemiology and health policy. Currently, I am completing my PGY-1 community residency, and I think population health is potentially a growing area of practice. So I'm wondering, what are the best qualifications for a population health pharmacist, whether a community or managed care residency would be good preparation for this kind of job? In addition, what other training or degrees or perhaps board certifications do you think would be helpful? Well, Bria, I think this is a common question that you know students and residents really want to have answered. And unfortunately, I don't have the magic answer for you. I really don't think there's a cookie cutter path towards a career in population health. So when we think about it, the primary focus of population health is the achievement of health outcomes for patients. So in order to be successful, that means you need to have experience with providing evidence-based care for chronic disease states, analyzing data, evaluating outcomes of quality improvement projects, and being familiar with various payment structures. Residency training is definitely a way that you can get those various skill sets. I think the type of residency program, though, matters less than the focus of the individual program, since we all know individual programs have many different nuances. As long as the program gives the resident a solid foundation in these areas, the resident's likely to succeed in a population health role. Also, from what I've seen, it seems like clinical positions that have direct patient care responsibilities are moving towards requiring a PGY-1, with a PGY-2 being preferred in certain cases. So for instance, you know, as you said in the beginning, my path was a PGY-1 and then a PGY-2 in ambulatory care. However, two of my colleagues had different paths. So one was a PGY-1 in a program that was ambulatory care focused. The other did a traditional PGY-1 at a VA. So all three of us had very different backgrounds of how we came into a role in population health. Board certification is another way that you can try and set yourself apart as a candidate. But depending on your postgraduate training path, you can't necessarily get certified right away. So like with PGY-2s, I think board certification tends to be preferred, but it's not necessarily required for clinical positions. For you in particular, with your master's in public health, an MPH isn't necessarily required, but I do think it gives you a set of skills that would lend you to being successful in a pop health position. Since MPHs focus on looking at the big picture in healthcare and using data to help guide health promotion, um, that's really in alignment with what we do in population health. And I think that also would help you succeed, especially in an institution where the population health program might be new or developing. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today on the Pharmacy Forward podcast and sharing with us some of the exciting work that you and your colleagues are doing to expand the frontiers of pharmacy practice. I think the work you are doing is having a tremendous impact on patients' quality of life, and I I certainly hope that more pharmacists will consider this as a potential career path. listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit pharmacycpd.org. That's pharmacycpd.org.
Thanks for listening. Thank you.